When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Don't Hang on, we should be recording this. You are recording <laughs> okay. this. <laughs> um, but like, Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> oh, God. And there's your bumper. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 98 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, and I'm joined, as always, by Jill. Jill, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Adam? I'm doing good. I will say you and I have both, I don't know if it's like the seasonal depression, but we've both been kind of down in the dumps a little bit lately. Yes. So this episode feels very on the nose. Yes. Uh, we. What are we talking about today? Well, we're calling it March Sadness. <laughs> yep. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, all those books that make you feel all the feels. Yeah. So we brought in a bunch of our coworkers and asked them which books make them cry you know, in a good way. Um, not, you know, you know what I mean. I, I do. I do. I will say, so we had a few people on and say that they don't love reading books that make them cry. I'm actually the opposite. I love reading books that make me cry and watching TV shows that make me cry yeah. and movies that make me cry. And I figured out why while we were going through the episode is I um I put I throughout the day like I don't like showing emotion, not like oh, I'm a big tough person. Right. Just like during the day I don't really show emotion like throughout the day I try not to and then so if I'm reading a book it's just like it's just me and those pages and like I can just you know, whatever I'm feeling is that's what's happening. Same thing with watching TV shows. I cry all the time at movies. We talk about that a little bit in the yeah. episode itself, but I have a bunch of books that make me cry. <laughs> so um, it's only fair that we go through ours since we made everyone else do it. That's true. Um, my first one is The Speed of Life by Carol Weston. This is actually really new, and I got to talk to Carol for the podcast, but... Um, the main character, her name is Sophia, and she's a teenager, and she lost her mother, and she lives in New York City with her dad, and it's just going through the process of her father finding a new person that he starts dating eventually, and her trying to deal with the emotions of, like, I'm not happy. It was, it's like a year after her, what, her mom has passed away, and it's like, why am I not happy yet? And I feel like I should be happy now. And everyone, you know, there's that initial part when someone passes away in your life where like all of your friends are like, are you okay? How's everything going? How are mm -hmm. you doing? And then eventually like it, they stop doing that. Just that's the nature of how life works. And 
this main character Sophia is trying to figure out like okay well they all expect me to be okay now why am I not and then her coming to grips with everything so um that one's a new one that I really I, I love I I'm 31 years old I read it a few months ago it's a middle like a middle grade book mm-hmm. and I was like sob- I was sobbing my eyes out so it's really really good I highly recommend it um I have a bunch but we can go back and forth if you sure. want sure um this is one that Sydney also mentions in the pet kite, uh, in the podcast. Can't talk today. Um, but the, the time traveler's wife. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you described it as wrecking. It you. wrecked me. Yeah. That book wrecked me. Um, yeah, I've only read it twice and I just, cause I can't. Mm-hmm. Even now I'm like, I should read it. I'm like, no. Well, and you're really good at rereading books. So I am, but that just, uh, mm-hmm. that was a devastating book. Yeah. So well written, but just devastating. Yeah. Um, I, two of them I have, uh, my dad's side of the family is Jewish. And so when I read The Book Thief and The Night by Eli Weisel, Weisel, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Um, they're all about Nazi Germany and, uh, people with, you know, Jewish families trying to survive. And, uh, The Book Thief is very popular. It was a movie mm-hmm. and people have probably heard of it. Uh, Night is also very popular, but it's nonfiction and it tells the story of how this man like kind of survived through Nazi Germany being Jewish. And it, a lot of people read Night for school. Um, right. And that's, I think that was when I read it the first time. But, um, yeah, if, if you like reading like World War II types of stories, uh, The Book Thief and Night are both very real, very realistic, like, life in Nazi Germany as told by people who are Jewish and trying to, mm-hmm. you know, stay hidden and things like that. So a couple more right there. Um, I have George by Alex Gino. It came out two years ago. I, I think, think so. Yeah. Um, it is, it's like a, it's a juvenile book um, yeah. about a transgender girl who is not like out yet. I don't think she knows like that. That's a right. way to phrase it. So, um, but when people look at her, they see a little boy, and all she wants to do is play Charlotte in the school's production of Charlotte's Web. Mm-hmm. And her teacher's like, "No, you can't. You're a boy. Yeah, you can't audition for that." Um, but <laughs> we talk about this sort of thing in the podcast later. But um, I listened to the audiobook here at work, and like at the oh end, I'm just like sitting at my desk, like sobbing. What are you doing? <laughs> I didn't know that I was going to have that reaction. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple old ones that are some of the first books I remember like really moving my emotions were The Outsiders and then Of Mice and Men. Mm-hmm. Um, God, the end of Mice and Men is so sad. It makes me so... Yeah. I, like, I could cry just thinking about Of Mice and Men. Um, but the same thing. The Outsiders, I think I read it when I was like fifth grade and it just these kids go through so much and um yeah th- again those are two books that i think a lot of people are aware of but if you've never read of mice and men or the outsiders they're both incredibly quick reads and i highly recommend them um i literally can't talk about of mice and men for more than 30 seconds yeah, so that's okay yeah. um i have my sister's keeper jody Peagle. Mm-hmm. yeah that was a tough one <laughs> so Somebody said we should recommend people listen to this podcast with wine. <laughs> I, I think we should. I feel like I need a glass of wine. I know. After just thinking about, about this. Books. I'm like on the verge of crying. Just like talking about some of these books. Uh, 
Uh, all right, I'll go. So you don't start crying. <laughs> <laughs> Not really going to cry. Um, a Monster Calls. This became a movie recently. Uh, the main character is a young boy who's dealing with his mom who has terminal cancer and is very, very sick. And he creates this... Uh, he, there's this fantastical world that basically he kind of like wishes and this monster comes and helps him deal with all of the loss and everything. And um, anytime I see a story about a parent being sick, yeah. I'm just like, Ugh, it make, it's so hard that those are the ones where I'm like, oh, man, this is going to make me hurt internally. <laughs> but A Monster Calls, uh, the, bo- the movie was really, really good, but I highly recommend um, the book for sure. So, obviously, like, the entire Harry Potter series, but yep. not, I mean, the last one did, but um, Order of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. there's a particular death at the end, oh. which I don't want to spoil because- yeah, just in case. That's just in fair. Case. Um, that was, hands down, my absolute favorite character from the entire series, and I I went to work, like, I read it, like, I read the book in a night, Um and I went to work like two days later or something. And my best friend, Jen, had also read it. I'm not even kidding you. I walk in and she's like, let me give you a hug. <laughs> Just because she knew. <laughs> oh, man. She knew how much I love that character and mm-hmm. that I can't I can't read that part. I know. Like even now when I reread the series, I have to skip that part. Mm-hmm. I just can't deal yeah. with it. I can't because you still have that hope because of how it would happen. Uh-huh. Like you still, I know. Like there's still that part of me is like, well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Nope. The words are already on the page. That's that's how it's gonna be. I will say I wrote that on my list too, and I I like get teared up just at the end of the series yeah. just because like the enormity of this story that was our childhood has come to a close. So yeah. Um. Yeah. And then the other ones I have on my list are all dog books. <laughs> Of course. Uh, of course they are. And I know I've talked about these in the, in the past. So Where the Red Friend Grows, The Knife of Never Letting Go, and The Dog Stars. Uh, I am a dog person. This is very well known. If you listen to our podcast, I love my dogs more than anyone I'm not blood related to or married to. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the idea of anything bad happening to a dog is right in the feels. So those that's my whole list. That's what I've got. Yeah, I'm good. Oh man, we you would think we timed this on purpose. We didn't. Um yeah, so this is gonna be how the whole podcast will go. So if you like uh if you like books that kind of move your emotions, I think you'll really, really love everything that everyone suggests here. We have some YA, some fiction, some nonfiction. Um yeah, I I'm actually very curious to hear what other people say so if you want to email us at professional book nerds at overdrive.com or reach out to us on twitter at pro book nerds tell us the books that kind of you know move your emotions i'm really curious to see if they're similar to ours or if there are some other ones because again this is something where i feel like i hide my emotions all day long so when i get a book that i can cry to i'm all for it so um is there anything else people should know about or anything that you're thinking um they can also find us on twitter at pro i said that did you say twitter yeah i said do you actually say the handle yeah are you sure i want you to listen back and i want you to leave this in (laughs) yeah i did okay okay i said you can email us or you can reach out to us on twitter at pro book nerds okay then maybe it's the email did you have the email i thought i did am i just losing my mind i thought i did both (laughs) oh boy 
<laughs> and I knocked my water over in here too. <laughs> All right. So then no. <laughs> All right, well, there is nothing. Um, stick with us on this one. I promise you it's worth it. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode of the professional. Well, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode of the professional book nerds podcast. And first up, we have Lauren. Lauren, welcome back. Thanks. How you doing today? I'm great. You, Lauren hasn't been on in a while, and she specifically told me today that she doesn't read a lot of sad books, but we haven't chatted with... Well, I chat with you. We both chat with you every day, but <laughs> we haven't chatted with you with microphones in front of our face in a while. So what book tends to make you cry when you read it, when you will read a sad book? So I think that I should preface this by saying that I don't read sad books because I feel too many feelings in general, <laughs> let alone to subject myself mm-hmm. to um, reading something that's going to make me cry all over the pages. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Um, and so I think that I can almost officially say that, like, again, back in elementary school, mm-hmm. Bridge to Terabithia. I was one and done. I cried and I cried. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm not doing this ever yeah. again. So yeah, Bridge to Terabithia. So wait, cry. So do you, I should know this because we're friends, but do you watch sad movies or sad TV shows? Yeah. Well, I guess that's a bit of a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I don't think that I'm like actively pursuing to watch those. Yeah. I mean, I just watched Inside Out for the first time, uh-huh. <laughs> and I cried yeah. from the first minute mm-hmm. until 15 minutes after, Yeah, and had to call my mom, uh-huh. because I just, I couldn't stop crying, and I'm like, I can't. Yeah. Well, all the feels. Too all many feels. feels. Too many feels. Not only did I cry during that, and I cried during all of the Pixar <laughs> movies, but uh, my brother-in-law and I call each other Bing Bong. <laughs> We'd been doing it since before so the movie good. came out, so... I don't want to do any spoilers for Inside Out that's right. old, but there's a character named Bing Bong. There is. And he's very emotional. So I like he called is. my brother-in-law like, have you seen Inside Out? I know. Oh my God, it's so sad. You cry through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. What yeah. about the TV shows? Any? Again, kind of the same. Sure, I cried a bit during the last season of Parks and Recreation. Obviously. But I'm not going to actively pursue something that I know is... <laughs> terribly sad Mm -hmm. because my emotions are just a little too much to handle and admittedly you're one of like the happiest people (laughs) i have in my entire life so i totally get that yeah it makes sense yeah i have to keep there's too much going on i gotta keep some stuff at arm's length and not like sure Mm -hmm. that's fine yeah i'm i'm always good for a good cry okay well, I didn't mean to like break you down psychologically <laughs> over three minutes here, but I um I messaged Adam before this and I was like, "You're making me feel like I'm going to the dentist." <laughs> <laughs> that so makes sorry. me cry. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for dealing with yeah, us. Lauren. Thanks. Of course. I'm I'm excited to come back soon. <laughs> yes, we'll have you on again. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Next up, we have Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Good. So what is the book or books that makes you cry? Um, I have two. My first one is The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Um, I had to read that for a class and 
I remember throwing it across the room when I finished it because it wow. just made me have all the emotions and I was just weeping and had to cuddle myself into a little ball on my bed. It was just that story is it's difficult to read and it's just the ending is sad. What depressing masochistic class was that? <laughs> it was for um, a reader's advisory class uh, when I was yeah. getting my MLS. Okay. That's, yeah. That's fair. I, Christine is not here today. She's traveling, but I think she also chose the road because mm-hmm. it's a sad book. Um, it's bleak. Was mm-hmm. I was going to say, was that was going to be my question, is like just the general bleakness of it. Is that what kind of gets you? Yeah, I think that was a lot of it. It's dystopian. It's a father and son story, and I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but it's just... It's hard to watch this father trying to teach his son how to be a man mm-hmm. in this society that's just decaying and there are horrible things happening and, you know, dad's trying to save his son from all of it and just, yeah, it's very bleak. It's very, very sad. The way I actually, the way I describe The Road is the same way I describe the movie Blue Valentine to people. It starts sad and that's kind of the high point. <laughs> like, it's just, that, that's where you're going to go. But I agree. Worth reading. It's very, very good. But yeah, yeah it's it is really good. It's well done. Um, what's the other one? Bad Feminist by Roxanne Gay. Um, not all of the stories in that are sad, but she, uh, either her or her publisher, editor, whoever um, chose to put the stories in such a way that, you know, you'd read a funny one and then you'd get one that was about her past and her childhood and it just slowly built on itself. So you finally get to this point where she tells you um, a story that's been building up and it just, it made me break down and it wasn't good because I was uh, listening to an audiobook at work. So <laughs> I was on the downfalls of this job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like in my cube trying to turn to a corner and just quietly cry because yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to like get up and walk to the bathroom and people are like, you're crying. Are you okay? And I'm like, yes, a book got me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's one negative to where I sit in our office because yeah. I am like, our upstairs receptionist everyone walks by my desk every minute of the day so if i was crying i would have a hundred people be like oh what what's wrong well i hope they would i hope they care enough to stop and say hi <laughs> even sadder if they're just like ah, adam's crying what a fool <laughs> they did um, stop at point yeah. yeah but there are so many people here will be listening to an audiobook and like you can you can just kind of tell when they're not like typing. You're just like sitting there staring. You're like, oh, you're listening to an audiobook right now. I totally had a really good point. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Kristen. Thank you. Next up, we have Megan, who has not been on in a while. Welcome back. Hi. How you doing? I'm a little stuffy, but otherwise, I'm good. Good. Yeah. So speaking of stuffy. Oh, yeah. Tell us some books that make you cry. I didn't even think of that as like an awesome transition. Thanks. That's what I'm here for. more like it's cold and flu season. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, to start with, I I have way too many books, so I'm going to not mention all of them. (laughs) Um, And most of what I have is nonfiction because I read a lot of nonfiction and it makes me sad. Um, But I'm going to start with uh, the, the ultimate sad children's picture book. 
Love You Forever by Robert Mensch, and it's illustrated by Sheila McGraw. Uh-huh. And it is the classic story of a mother and son as they both you know, get older and and life moves on and it's devastating. I don't know that it was designed specifically because it's beautiful. Like, right. It's a lovely book, but it's just, it's so emotionally heartbreaking, mm-hmm. all that just... I don't think when I was really small, when my mom would read it to me, that it had the same impact that it does now. Right. I am, you know, we're slowly transitioning into the I'm taking care of my parents. They're not taking care of me as much. And that's what the book is. And it's just beautiful. So if you're in the mood to cry while you read a child's story (laughs) or just cry yourself, then don't want to invest a lot of time into it, go for it. And you probably have already read it. It's a classic. Yeah. It came out in mm-hmm. the 80s. So it's not brand new. The Giving Tree does that to me too. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. And Are You My Mother oh. uh, by P.D. Eastman. Yeah. Because I was always afraid of being left in a grocery store when That's I was fair. little. That's fair. I don't know if I saw like some after school special or something, <laughs> but I was terrified of being abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I'm glad you weren't. Yeah, no, no, I was good. My my parents were the, they came to all the concerts. They were very mm-hmm. involved. They would not have left me in a grocery store. Good. Right. But I was still very nervous. Nice. All right, next up. All right. Next up, I've got a whole bunch of nonfiction, as I mentioned. Sure. Um, so I'm going to talk about Another Day in the Death of, um, Death of America, uh, A Chronicle of Ten Short Lives. It's by Gary Young. It came out last year. And uh, he is a British journalist who moved to America and started a family here and was just kind of horrified slash interested in the amount of gun violence that we have in this country and compared to where he grew up and what he chose to do. uh, And he goes through in the introduction, his, how he set all of this up, but he concentrated specifically on people under the age of 20 uh, who died on he just picked one he picked a random day and just concentrated Mm. on those who died on that day so there's a couple of the stories where the actual uh event happened the day before but this is the day that they actually expired and uh it's it's horrifying it's it's a story it's that needs to be told but it is just gut-wrenching uh, he went and interviewed a lot of the families. He did a ton of research, and it's just soul crushing because um, these are all children, and they all died from assorted different reasons, um, but all ultimately from gun violence. And uh, it's just it's a very poignant book. It's a very important book, and it is just so sad mm-hmm. um, because it's true. And I think that's why a lot of the my side books are nonfiction uh, just because and don't get me wrong. Like a good John Green can get me to weep, <laughs> but I just gravitate more towards what's really going on mm-hmm. in the world. Um, That's fair. Yeah. And then I think I will not go through my entire list, but the other, like, my last one that I'll talk about is a dreamland, the true tale of America's opiate e- epidemic. And this isn't necessarily one that, uh, is a traditional weepy uh, in the sense again it's it's nonfiction 
Um, it's by Sam Quinones, and it uh, just outlines from soup to nuts heroin in this country. Mm-hmm. And I think especially right now, there's a lot of people whose lives are being touched by by this just horrible epidemic that we have going through this country right now. And uh, it was just, it's insanely well-researched. It really does cover everything from the people that are bringing the drugs into the country, what their motivations are, who's selling it, who's taking it, and how we got here. And it's just a book that you finish up and and there's not necessarily like a, and this is how we're going to make it better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's one that just got me in the feels just because of what's going on right now in especially Ohio mm-hmm. where we are located. And uh, it just made me very sad. Uh, but it was a, a wonderful book. It's it's really it started kind of slow. It was released pretty quietly. And it's just been zooming back up in popularity as this doesn't seem to be going away. And uh, I just think it's a very important book. And again, it it's just insanely mm-hmm. sad. Since you wrote out a big long list, you just want to maybe name the other ones in case other people are looking for more nonfiction books like this? Because I think you might be the only person with a number of nonfiction. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have When Breath Becomes Air um, by Paul Kenanithi. And that's a, a, he's, he was a brain surgeon who discovered he had cancer. Mm-hmm. And he wrote this. He actually, his goal was to retire and write like he was always driven to both writing and to medicine and when he realized that his life had a very hard end date that he just started to write out his memoirs and just his thoughts on the end of his life like his wife got pregnant towards the end of his life Mm -hmm. it's just and the the end of the book is actually written by his wife and that's where it just oh Uh uh-huh that's one where i finished reading it um, it came out last January. I had an arc of it, but I finished reading it. My husband's asleep next to me, and I am sobbing, <laughs> just ain't, uh, just ugly crying. Um, so it's just a beautiful outlook on life, and there's a lot of hope mm-hmm. with it, considering that like there was no chance of him surviving. So if you liked like the last lecture or something like that, it's kind of the same mm-hmm. same idea, but um, it's a really really great book. Um, I have Every Day I Fight by Stuart Scott. Oh, <laughs> go ahead. It's uh, so good. Was uh, who also died of cancer, and uh, he was a, a commentator for ESPN. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, especially when he's talking about his two daughters, who he knows he'll be leaving behind, it's all the feels, mm-hmm. every single feel possible. Yeah, <sighs> and he, I. Oh man. I love I love that book so much. He gave uh, if anyone's familiar with Jimmy the Jimmy B Foundation, uh, Jim Valvano gave this famous speech about cancer research, and then uh, Stuart Scott, when he was very very sick, gave a similar speech when he was awarded the Arthur Ashe at the ESPYS at yeah. the Arthur Ashe Award at the ESPYS, and yeah, the whole uh, the whole speech is amazing, and the book is even better. And yeah, like watch the YouTube video. When he brings his daughter up on stage, mm-hmm. try not to lose it. And if that's something that appeals to you, then you'll love this book. Because yeah. it, it also, for like sports fans out there, he talks a lot about the creation of ESPN. And it's a memoir of his life. It's yeah. not all cancer. Um, but it definitely 
it definitely goes there and mm-hmm. it's it's rough. Yeah. Um, then I have the last one that I have is Between the World and Me by Tanahisi Coates. And that is his book that also that uh, it's a letter to his son or it's written as a letter to his son about the experience of being a young black man in America. Um, and it's an insanely important book, uh, especially given all of the turmoil that we have right now in this country. And it's beautifully written. He's been one of my favorite writers at the Atlantic for mm-hmm. forever. Um, and they actually pushed up the publication of the book by a few months because it just needed to be out there. It's not very long. It's maybe it's less than 200 pages and it reads very quickly. And it's partially kind of a memoir of his life and then just a lot of advice to his son. And it also doesn't necessarily paint. It's 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 a little bleak. Mm-hmm. And it's one that I finished up and was just like, it was beautifully written. It made me very happy on that. Like, it's like, what a lovely book. But it also just the the state of everything. It's just very, very difficult. Um, and so that was one that just the, the writing made me cry. The just the message made me cry. And it's just, it's a very, very vital book. And uh, if you listen to the audiobook, he narrates it. And he's, it's just, it's just a great, important piece of literature. Mm-hmm. I guess not literature, because it's nonfiction, well, but. That's it's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's something that you need to read. Mm-hmm. I agree. And those are my books. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming back and talking about sad books. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah. Right. And hijacking all of the time. That's okay. That's okay. Ne- <laughs> next time we'll bring you back to talk about happy things again, like there Broadway or something all like right. we've done I, in the past. Yes, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. Next up, we have Andrea. Hi. Hello. How are um, you doing? Good. I was just going to say hi, too. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. So... I'll be I'll be quiet over here. It's fine. Um, tell us about your book or books that makes you cry. Well, I narrowed it down from five to three because I realized that two of them are very spoilery. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. it was like mm, surprise death. Don't want to ruin that for anyone. Sorry, <laughs> sure, guys. Sure. Um. So two of them are by Morgan Matson. And the first one is Amy and Roger's Epic Detour. It's a really good name. It's a good name. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. So they take a road trip from the West Coast to the East Coast um, because Amy's mom is moving and they need to get the car from West Coast to East Coast. But Amy doesn't drive ever since her dad died in a car accident. So Roger goes with her to drive mm-hmm. and to go back to school. And instead of following her mom's carefully laid route, Amy and Roger are like, we're going to do our own thing. Okay. And she's kind of not dealing with her father's death. So as soon as she starts to, like, kind of deal with it, I was just done. <laughs> just, like, crying and broke down. <laughs> and it's, like, very sweet, very bittersweet because she finally comes to terms. But you're like, your dad's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so that's bad. Um, well it is and then the second one is Second Chance Summer 
And that one's about Taylor and her family. They used to go to a cabin every summer. And then they got older and they got busy. And then her dad got diagnosed with cancer Uh and has like... So apparently Morgan Matson has a thing about dads. Apparently. <laughs> um, so he's got like X amount of months to live. So he's like, before I die, I want to spend one last summer at the cabin with my kids and my wife. Mm-hmm. So, and he's not a spoiler. It's terminal cancer. Okay. This is not like a, yay, he's healed magic. <laughs> um, So... He's progressively getting worse over the summer. And, of course, I read this right after I gave birth. So my (laughs) hormones are already a mess. And then the inevitable happens. And I'm like, well, this was just a poor choice for me at this moment. (laughs) Still would have been sad regardless. But with post-pregnancy hormones, I was not allowed to read any more books for a while. According to Joe, I was going to say, I did feel really bad even asking you about this. Like, hey, I know you have a a baby and you're just back to the office. Want to come talk about books that make you sad? So I I appreciate you coming and talking about them. You said you had one more, though, right? I do. Um, Clockwork Princess by Cassandra Clare. It's a bittersweet ending, (laughs) but I bawled like a baby. Um, And then. A couple years ago, I read, is it manga? Manga? Manga. 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 They transferred the series into a manga. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, I love this series. So I reread it and I get to the end of the third book. I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) This is why I didn't want to reread this series. (laughs) (laughs) I love this series. But the end is just ripped your hearts out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even in a little comic manga form, I was like, oh, God, it all hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I'm sorry for making you relive that. It's okay. (laughs) I love it and I hate it. So it's one of those things. Yeah. Well, thank you for bearing your soul to us. We appreciate it. You're welcome. And next up, we have Sydney. Sid, welcome back. Thanks, Adam. Hi, Joe. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm a little worried you're actually going to make me cry. No, I'm the mic. <laughs> no one, I'm going to try not to. Okay. I was just going to ask you uh, what books have you read that make you cry? And then I will leave it at that. Okay. So I have two. They're semi oldies, but goodies. That's okay. Um, hilarious story is they both made me sob uh, on a bus. <laughs> nice. In front of lots of other people. And it was like that ugly crying oh, yeah. where you're just like snot and oh it's terrible so the first is uh the time traveler's wife oh god that book wrecked ruined me. Wrecked my me. life <laughs> especially because you just know it's coming you're like right. oh god the flashbacks were leading to this yep great and then you're dead yep and the second was a book i tried to get through I don't know, half a dozen times before I finally sort of persevered and made it all the way through, which is A Prayer for Owen Meany. Um, so I was, I've was i been thinking about that book actually a lot recently. Did either of you see the OA on Netflix? I, <laughs> we did. We did. So yeah. Did, Hold on. Did you, Wait. <laughs> I want to know your thoughts first. Um, it's flawed. <laughs> there you go. That was the that right... Was good. Uh, I... <laughs> Hate really. it. See, I 
in the age of everything has to be blue and orange because Marvel makes it, I like the fact that it had like a clean color palette and areas of no sound. I'm a film major, so I'm a little bit of a dork about That's this stuff. Okay. So there were things about it that I was like, yes, yes, you're going in the right direction. Then I'm like, oh God, fear left, fear left. Yeah. But what sort of saved it for me at the end was I was like, it's a prayer for Owen Meany. How weird is this? So I don't know. Um, so, so far you haven't sold me on this book. <laughs> oh, because no, you compared it no. to the OA. <laughs> no, it's, I don't know how to describe a prayer for Owen Meany. It's, I, I couldn't finish it the first six times I tried because there's a lot of religious talk. Mm-hmm. And I okay. just was made uncomfortable by it the first sure. few times because I was like, I don't know what I'm thinking. So yeah. I felt like it was propaganda, but it's not. It all leads up to something and it's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't ever see the movie that was based on it because it's terrible. Good to know. How much interpretive dance is there? There is zero interpretive dance. That's the right amount. That is, there is zero. There's nothing against interpretive dance, just right. the way that the OA uses it. You're only saying that because I'm here and you know I am an interpretive dancer. No. Guys, I'm interpretive dancing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great uh, visual <laughs> joke for a audio right. medium. Yeah. As I, have always. A, I have a great face for radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Sydney, thank you so much. I can't wait to hear what makes everybody else cry. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks. So our friend Christina could not join us today, but she did pass along the books that make her a little sad and sobby now and then. Uh, So I'm just going to read exactly what she sent me via Slack. The Lovely Bones. Uh, It was one of the first books that absolutely gutted me for a good reason. The content is rough, but it was also the first time writing carried me through something I would have probably put down otherwise. It got me to the end of the book, and it was so worth it. My life wasn't sheltered by any means, but reading about the rape and murder of a teenager who had the hopes and aspirations just... uh, Who had hopes and aspirations just like I did made me grow up a little bit and realize that nothing is certain. I still think about the last line. 13 years later, I sobbed for an hour and a half in my bedroom and a little bit next day on my way to school. I still remember that. It's just so wonderfully written and powerful. And then she also mentions uh, The Art of Racing in the Rain by Garth Stein, perspective of a dog and his interaction with the family over the course of his little life. And then he sa- she says, we truly don't deserve dogs. <laughs> I agree. Dogs are perfect. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.